Do you ever feel that you can't escape your past? Are you weighed down by unforgiveness or maybe going through a cycle of emotions? Well, our next guest is Sandy, the founder of Beauty for Ashes, a restoration ministry located in Southern California. This episode is sensitive for little ears, so now is a good time to pop in those earbuds. So without further ado, here is Sandy. All right. Hi, Sandy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. And I would like to start off with asking you to tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and the Ministry of Beauty for Ashes. I love that name, by the way. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, again, my name is Sandy Stoffer, and I am the wife of Mike Stoffer. We are coming up on uh, 22 years of marriage. And we wow. have two boys. Yes, we have two boys. Uh, uh, my oldest will be turning 20, and my youngest just turned 18. So um, we've made it through the teenage years, and we are still standing. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and um, I'm a public school teacher, so I'm an educator. Um, I've been so for 23 years. So um, I'm in a new world of 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 dig- I'm in a digital world now. So I'm uh, since COVID uh, quarantine, I have not been with my students, um, and I chose to stay uh, as a digital online teacher this year. So I have kind of a new capacity um, of how I reach people, which is now through the internet through, you know, through live conversation on a computer and not face to face, which is my favorite. So I'm, I'm trusting God for this season in my life. Wow. As far as that goes. And um, the ministry beauty for ashes was born out of uh, a question. My pastor asked me when he said, what do you want to name this ministry? And I actually wasn't prepared. I just wanted to help one woman with, a Bible study that transformed my life. And he said, well, this is a ministry. So what do you want to name it? And I was um, not sure at the time that he said, well, which scripture ministered to you while you were healing? And of course it was the whole book of Isaiah, which is quoted so often in this Bible, these Bible studies. But the one that really, really uh, ministered to me was found in Isaiah chapter 61, where it's a prophetic scripture. And we know that the prophet Isaiah is, speaking about the one who was to come, who was to break the chains, to proclaim liberty to the captive and open the prison to those who are bound, which of course is Jesus. But where we find out um, about this great exchange is in verse three, where uh, he says to comfort all who mourn, to comfort those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And I really believe that's what restoration ministry is. It's allowing that woman to be set free for she was a captive in her pain, but now she is free and not just free, but she has been the the mourning has been exchanged for uh, joy and the spirit of heaviness has been given. Uh, now she has a garment of praise and all those ashes, everything that just seemed to be the worst uh, uh, thing in her life has now been exchanged for beauty because only a God like ours can do that because he exchanged his life on the cross. Like the woman um, with the issue of blood, when she grabbed onto the hem of his garment and, and the power of Jesus left 
his body and entered hers. And he said, who touched me? And when she answered and they had that face-to-face encounter, you know, the Lord um, sat with her. He gave his time to her, even though it was in the middle of a crowd and he was on the way to minister to somebody else. He stopped and she mattered to him in that moment. And, and scripture says she told him the whole truth. And, uh, you know, her condition was immediately changed with that inner exchange with Jesus. Immediately she was dried up of that condition, but her soul pain was met too, um, I believe, because um, in that exchange, we see that Jesus calls her daughter. And I believe that's one of the only times we hear that. So he must have known her deep loneliness. Because of her condition, you know, she was uh, an outcast. And this is all in Mark chapter 5. But she was an outcast um, and not welcome. She was considered dirty and defiled. But yet Jesus, the the, the light of the world, the, the spotless pure lamb, um, said she mattered and, and and drew her close to himself and um, and met that deeper need, which was her heart condition. And that's really, truly um, what transformed her, I believe, more than the physical. You know, as women, we understand those those um, matters. And then when she left, you know, her faith had made her well. That, that step of faith to reach out and grab the hem of his garment. So I believe that the Lord has commissioned me and many others to be that for women, to sit with them and say, I'm going to listen to you. Go ahead and tell me the whole truth. And then... We're going to talk to Jesus. Wow. So these women um, that uh, God brings to you, um, or I should rather say the ministry that he has um, allowed you to um, minister to these women, they have to be, first of all, they have to be at a, a breaking point. And then second of all, they have to be able to trust who, you know, who they're allowing um, to share um with and that's not easy because some of the issues what are some of the issues would you say you know a couple off the top of your head that women could be struggling with um where they could actually come to beauty for ashes Mm -hmm. and you're right it's it's definitely a trust issue and these are women who most often have been let down by everyone and so to trust a, a person they don't even know um, is all, only God. He draws them. He woos them with his love. Um, each woman has a different story how she finds the ministry. Um, but And some come like myself. When I came, I was desperate. I was desperate. Somebody help me. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody help me. But some women um, come and they're like, um, well, my friend took the class. And wow, I really see the change in her. And I want that but they don't even know why they're there other than mm-hmm. I want that where mm-hmm. others are like, I know exactly what my issue is. Please help me. So it's, it's, a, um, it's all the Lord. You know, I, I, I say it kind of something silly, like, you know, where Forrest Gump is like, you know, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You know, each group is like, well, who's going to be at the table with this group? And how did they all get here? And when you hear their stories, it's like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you're so amazing. He just loved his daughters so much. And he hears that. their prayers. 
And when they cry out and, and they tell him, I can't take it anymore, he cares, he listens. Sometimes we walk a really lonely road until we, you know, God brings us into a ministry where there are other women who end up go, going through the same things we've been going through. And then we're like, what, you too? <laughs> and so how does that play out in your ministry? Have you ever had two women that have realized, wow, you know what, I, you know, or become friends or I don't know. Oh, yes. I mean, the biggest thing uh, that happens at the table, because it's a small group Bible study and it, and these Bible studies are sealed. Once the ladies begin, we don't add new ladies and we stay together the whole time. And we give ground rules where, you know, whatever said here stays here in the presence of the Lord. And we make it safe for them to share. But um, the power of being in a group setting when you're starting to share what hurts you is you're realizing you're not alone. And what, what Satan does, he's a master at isolating believers. He, he's a predator and predators with their prey, as you know, in the animal kingdom, they isolate and then they attack and kill. And he, uh, he, uh, Jesus says in John 10, 10, that he, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And he wants to destroy God's people one by one by isolating them. So we get them together. And they share through the Bible study prompting um, the answers that are real. And we start becoming open and honest. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 that we are to bring all things out into the light because it's shameful when it's left in the darkness those things that are done there. But when we bring everything out into the light, that, that Christ manifests himself in that, the light of the world. And there's nothing shameful. It's God. When we stand in his light, we're in his presence. It's not dark to Jesus. It's just dark to us when we're alone and we're hidden. So coming out and, and sitting at the feet of Jesus with other women who are safe and with leaders who have been walked that way before you is really the recipe for healing. But then there's their part where they need to trust God. You know, they need to trust God like the woman who reached out for the, the hem of his garment. She had to press through that crowd and she, knowing her label was you're dirty and you're defiled and it's your sin that causes condition really is what they believed at that time. You know, the I issue like of blood. I like what you just said is that you you um, encourage the women uh, to to not it's almost in a sense when Je when Mary when Jesus came back um, she clung to Jesus and he's like you're gonna have to let go um, and he was gonna send the Holy Spirit and sometimes we as women um, I mean yes we need to cling to Jesus definitely. Um, but we can't really cling on to people. And I love how you said in, in this ministry, um, at first, everyone is, you know, together. But you said something very pivotal, pivotable, pivotable. What's that word? Pivotable. <laughs> I, um, yes. Um, is, which is you, you're, you're, in a sense, training them on how to then you know, not cling to people, um, which in the beginning you said where everyone has failed them. And so that is, I mean, so far I'm just blown away by what you're seeing. And I, I feel like 
you know, how, how do you, how do you, do you do Bible studies or do you do counseling? How do you, how do you train a, a woman who's gone through, I mean, I'm, I'm almost uh, sure that you've probably seen it all, heard it all, um, especially with us women. We, we like to, to share a lot as well, especially when we're very broken, we're at a broken uh, part of our lives. You know, what is the routine of minister ministering? Yeah, and, 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 and I, I, there are specifics uh, that these Bible studies are written with intention. But just to quickly answer your question about, um, yes, if we rely on one another, if we rely on man too much, we will be disappointed because people will fail us. Even our pastors, our pastors' wives, our leaders, you know, the most amazing spirit-filled people in our lives will eventually fail us because we're all human. So helping uh, the, that woman to let go of what she's clinging to here in this life and look up, wow. you know, because this relationship that we're in with God is he's asking us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then love our neighbors ourselves. So we have to be filled vertically, as Pastor Chuck always said. You know, it's the vertical relationship that pours into the horizontal relationship. Mm-hmm. So my goal, and, and there are specific reasons women come to the class, which I'll talk about, but but the, the grander spectrum here is every believer that um, I am allowed to minister to, including myself, our goal is to look up and have that vertical relationship open an open channel. So if there's anything defiling, if there's anything blocking, those things need to be removed. Like Paul said, you know, what hindered you? So that we can have that agape love flowing freely from our Father, our Heavenly Father, so our relationships will change. It's not our love that's going to change the brokenness in our life. It's only God's love. Mm-hmm. But a woman who's been so wounded, so hurt, so betrayed, she she's stuck. She can't do that on her own. So we, we come alongside her. And so often in scripture, you know, where James says in chapter five, you know, is anyone among you suffering? Let them call for the elders of the church and the laying on of hands. You know, it's, it's walking alongside someone and saying, I'm going to help you. I'm going to talk you through this. We're going to pray and we're going to seek the Lord. And so it's, it's about, these are Bible studies. They're, they're about 10 weeks long. Um, and they're written uh, by an author named Linda Cochran. Um, the one's called Forgiven and Set Free, which is very popular. I'm sure some of your listeners may have even heard. It's been around for over 25 years, sold over 100,000 copies. Wow. And that is for a woman who's had loss in the womb. Um, so a woman who has gone through abortion or miscarriage. Um, and also a woman who's not able to... Uh, has never been able to have children and is grieving that loss. So an empty womb. So any loss in the womb or a loss of motherhood mm-hmm. where um, I've also had women come in who, because of their life circumstances being, you know, stuck in drugs and alcohol, they have lost relationship of raising their kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the word of God is so powerful. You know, you can use a Bible study that's written for abortion and, and it takes women through the steps of, grieving her loss and and you can pull anybody into that because we oh, all have loss yes you know we all have um, loss 
speaking of that, the womb loss, I know um, I had um, infertility for six and a half years, as well as um, when I finally got my second um, hysterectomy, because I had a partial hysterectomy, the second hysterectomy, um, it was finalized and it, it really did a number on me. I was, um, even though I have four kids by the grace of God, um, I grieved um, when they took out the rest of my womanhood. <laughs> and I even had uh, nightmare after nightmare of holding a child that I couldn't hold anymore. And so um, God did heal me of that. But it was years that I went through that, and um, I went through it alone, and I didn't know anybody really who had ever gone through what I had gone through. So um, that's that's interesting that you that you share that. Um, and um, even in my own family, we have, you know, in our past, surprisingly, my past does come up. Um, uh, you know, I come from a dysfunctional home, and. Um, my dad has since um, accepted the Lord and passed on, but I mean, my dad uh, was uh, had some uh, tendencies of abuse, you know, and so you don't notice those things until you get older. Sometimes you don't you don't even know what boundaries are you and the the problem I think um, a lot of women have when. I got saved early and I went straight into church and I thank God for my Titus two um, women that God has put in my life, whether I knew them or not. Um, but one thing I, coming from a, a, a broken home, I had to kind of teach myself to be a Christian just by watching other people or reading the Bible. And so when someone finally comes along in your life, and they they actually are hands-on and they're you know ministering to you you know one-on-one uh, -on -one, that is like an amazing breakthrough in my opinion because a lot of us women are just we just don't know uh church etiquette even i didn't know what church i didn't grow up in a church and so many years um i didn't even really understand church life even on top of that yeah so, it's discipleship it's, and everybody needs someone pouring into them mm -hmm. um you know to to be discipled so mm -hmm. we because a lot of us don't know what it looks like to walk mm -hmm. this life with christ you know we may mm -hmm. not have ever seen it modeled for us exactly so what would you say to a woman out there who you feel is struggling on, on any level? I know there could be a vast majority of things that we women could be going through. And sometimes we, we're hiding that because we feel ashamed or we don't, I mean, we don't want to be judged. We're ashamed. There could be many reasons. We just don't want people prying into our lives and, Sometimes you share something and someone will say the wrong thing to you and it'll just, it's like the, the, the what do they call that? The straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, so we're parked in chapter five, interesting enough, because, uh, you know, I guess God wants us to stay with this beautiful um, healing he did and restoration with this woman with the issue of blood, which is interesting. So often when Jesus healed women, we never even know their names. 
I mean, they're literally named by their condition. The woman who was a sinner, the woman at the well. And here we have the woman with the issue of blood. But in her condition, it says uh, it says that she went to many physicians. And she spent all that she had. And yet she was none the better. And that resonated with me because, like you said, I, I remember taking my condition so often to leaders in the church or my Bible study leader, just anyone through the years that I looked to. And I just felt like they didn't really hear me, like they couldn't really understand what I was trying to say. And I couldn't even say what I really needed, but I just needed help. Um and and so in that, um, I think that if we don't listen <laughs> to women, um, and if we listen and try to give a word too quickly, it can actually cause more harm because um, all of this has to really be prayed through and uh, it really needs to be the Holy Spirit speaking through us. Some women just need us to listen and not offer a, a, a fix it. How about just listen, you know, like this woman told Jesus the whole truth. And of course, he knew how to minister to her. But these physicians that that offered help to her and yet took all her money and she left worse off. So that hurts me so much because I remember myself in my condition. And what brought me to this ministry is I lost um, my husband. and I were pregnant. We had a second trimester pregnancy and we found out that the baby had no heartbeat. We were sent by my doctor to an abortion clinic to have my baby removed from my womb. There's a long story in that, but we trusted his advice. He said it was an outpatient clinic. It was an abortion clinic. So here I am, a believer behind the door, um, thinking, well, at least maybe they'll put me in a different room. Um, It ended up that I was with all the women in a paper gown uh, like they were. And and basically in a sense line, Um, and they were choosing um, to have their baby, you know, to to kill their babies. And I, my baby was gone and I was trying to hold on to my baby, but yet here we are sitting right next to each other. And in that uh, experience, I didn't hate them. I wanted what they had, but I didn't hate them. And even though I was so broken and in so much pain, I really believe that's when the Lord birthed the ministry because I saw them, I saw their pain, even though I couldn't help them, even though it wasn't about them in the moment, it was so much about me later on, the Lord ministered that to me. And that reminder that, you know, women, they're all the same. We all hurt the same. And they were were just hurting and they were Mm -hmm. making a choice they thought was best for their life in that moment, knowing that that choice was going to bring a lifetime of pain. Do you know, I'm getting chills up and down. My mom told me she fought to keep me from an abortion um and um she she has allowed me to share this but um there were two before me and um two relatives were um pushing her to abort me and she finally (laughs) slammed the door on um the social worker and said get out of my house don't come back i'm keeping this baby Um, and here I am, you know, and I got to lead my mom to the Lord. And when my mom shared that with me, 
I was like 35, I believe, or 36. And it just, I was gushing with tears. And ever since then, I looked at women differently who had had an abortion because my mom was the one that shared with me her pain and her hurt and that she didn't want to do that but she felt that there was no other choice and that it even makes her cry to this day. Like, I can't believe you, the one I know, the one I love, the one who's walked through life with me, and uh, you wouldn't be here if, if I wouldn't, would have chosen that. And so I, I try very hard not to um, be cynical towards women who, because I don't know their story. I don't know their story, but that's just it. It, it, it. They're not, you know, the women we are today, we're definitely not the women we were um, back then when we made those choices and their circumstances rose higher than, than the right for that child to live because, you know, maybe oftentimes they were pressured into it or they just were in so much um, deception. They didn't even believe it was a life. It was just, you know, a blob of tissue or what have you. There's so many reasons why. But that woman needs to heal. That that choice, she never forgets. Her body does, remembers. And so um, with the woman with the issue of blood, Lori, I was that woman who needed to heal. Not that I chose to end the life of my unborn child, but I was so scarred from going behind the door and the darkness I experienced there. It, I had trauma. And um, I was like, somebody talked to me about my trauma, but I didn't realize in my naivety that what I was asking women to do at the church is talk to me about abort- their abortion experience. And they weren't prepared to do that because they hadn't gone through their healing. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. So often we believe, well, that's over. I've talked to God about it. I'm good. But healing looks like you can talk about it. And mm-hmm. healing looks like you have the tools to help another sister when she comes along like me and says, somebody help me. You have the tools. Mm-hmm. So now we know 12 years later of doing this ministry that the Lord wants to get those tools in a lot of women's hands because um, he's coming back for his bride and he wants the bride, his bride ready, the lantern mm-hmm. filled, you know, the oil filled and not bound by shame. And not bound by the lies of, of the femur. And so that's a very shameful secret. Uh, we also minister to women who have had trauma in other areas like sexual trauma, abuse. Um, and so that's another Bible study that's called the pathway to sexual healing. Because I too have a story of, of trauma when I was 17. And um, I took that Bible study when I found out the author of Forgiven and Set Free wrote it wrote it. I said, I need that. I took myself through it. Now um, we have a whole curriculum written and we've taken many women through that. And that helps a woman feel clean, see herself as clean. She already is because of the blood of Jesus, of course, but in her mind and in her memory and in her body, all of that. Uh, needs wow. To be. I love every single thing that you're sharing here because a lot of people can't, there's testimonies that we share on the surface as Christians. We're like, yes, I did drugs and, you know, this and that. But when it gets into the sexual things that we've experienced, whether it was 
on our part or somebody towards us, you know, we don't share that with a lot of people. So being able to share that in an area with a group of um, women um, and going through the word of God on top of that. Um, and, and, and it's not, like you said, it's not a quick fix. You know, it's having to walk through, have women ever, and I feel like I'm talking to my twin, honestly, with a lot of things that you're sharing, um, have, have women gone through the program and felt, you know what, I need to come back or is it just depending on the degree of the soul pain, um, is, is really the degree that, that she needs to be immersed in the word and immersed in, in, uh, a ministry where she can be open and honest, you know, there's layers to healing and, some women come with maybe just a little wound and some come with many wounds and the wounds are deep depending on um, how she has suffered. Definitely um, she'll take all the classes and, and that there's three uh, Bible studies. And so if she chooses to stay with us, she would be with us for about a year if you would. But then some decide to, to, to redo some of them or to come alongside and and, and enter into the ministry as a prayer partner, or as a leader, a co-leader. And then as myself leading all these years, of course, the Lord is healing me continually because that's what his word does. So, you know, we have women who um, come for the sexual healing and their predator was their father. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of unpacking. That's mm-hmm. not a nice, neat little 10 week Bible study, but yes, he brings so much relief in that. 10-week Bible study to Mm -hmm. her, but um, for some of us that lived years in trauma as a child, um, there's a lot to undo there, and the Lord is so gracious, and He doesn't give us more than we can handle. He just heals so beautifully. Each woman um, is His own personal um, little lamb that He carries around His his, 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 you know, he, he puts her around his neck as we remember when, when that sheep is sick or the la- the leg is broken until she's well. And so each woman has their own journey, but he doesn't, Jesus isn't like the world. He doesn't traumatize, re-traumatize. He doesn't, he's not harsh. He's gentle and lowly and, and, and kind. So he takes her in a way that she needs to go. I and love so, that. Um, his, that actually his timing. Mm-hmm. His timing. I love that. It's each unique. It's like each fingerprint is different. Each, and even in my own life, there's things that I look back on, and I'm just like, wow, I, I can't believe I got over that. It wasn't really me getting over it, but but it seems. Whereas, because I have you know sisters, and I feel like they're still struggling in certain areas of their life, childhood life. And for me, I'm, I'm like, wow, I never saw it that way. And, you know, why are you so, you know, offended by that? But then there's other areas of my life where it's trauma it's still. And, you know, and unfortunately, our, my kids or my husband will, you know, um, one of the things that happened with me growing up was... Um, I was in RSP classes and special ed classes, and um, I had all these different learning disabilities that they lumped me into ADD, you name it. I think I was actually on the spectrum and they didn't know what that was back then. Um, 
so so you know i was called stupid a lot in my life and i mean i can go and go on and on i won't but you know to this day there are triggers <laughs> and if i'm and, and it doesn't even have to be something that someone's intending it could be like someone just uh says oh you didn't get that and all of a sudden i'm like what do you think what are you calling me stupid <laughs> so it's it's something that i've identified but you know sometimes we get stuck in in places where you know the flesh comes out and it's like oh, i don't like that person i don't want to be that person and it's only god's word that can heal you know that's it i mean that is literally what look trauma is anything um it, it you know of course i mentioned something obviously very heavy but trauma mm -hmm. is anything where we had a core belief system where we believe we were safe or we we had a, a way of, of believing and thinking and then this thing happened and now our our core belief system has changed about who we are our identity our safety our security so when that thing happens to a woman and she doesn't have someone in her life to pour the word of god over her and to help her heal from it and she tucks it away and she just does the best she can then though that is a place that will trigger her it's just, it's like stored information, it, and it, but it's stored pain. Mm -hmm. And so we respond from it as believers, not knowing, and we're like, why am I behaving like this? I, I love God, and I want to be like Jesus. And here, this level two thing happened, and I'm responding with a level 10. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not right, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's how I've had some women come into the ministry as well, where they're like, well, I don't have that, and I don't have that, but my behavior is telling on me and I know that I need to get something out because this isn't. Oh, thank you for sharing that because you know, um, when it's a perpetual behavior where you're seeing that it's affecting everyone around you and even you feel like, again, that, that you're stuck and that you're not moving forward because you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You want to be ready for Jesus's coming and you want to be able to pour into others. But if there's a clog somewhere, somewhere, a pipe clogged, that's just, it, it, that's it, all the gunk backs up in there. And then you're kind of sitting in that gunk and it's like, I, I'm out of here. Get me out. So I, we don't know how to get out. Like, how, what do I do? That, that was right. me. Somebody help me. <laughs> you know what? I love that you said that because you know what? If you're serious about getting out of something, when you ask Jesus, he does send the right people in your path. He opens the right doors, the perfect, everything is perfect. His timing and everything, like you said before, timing and everything, even in the process it's perfect. It's a sanctification process. And I love the Lord for that because we come just as we are, like the Crystal Lewis used to sing, come just as you are. So, well, I don't want to take up too much of your time. And this has been such, I feel like I've been healed just talking. Um, and I'm like ready to go jump into Matthew and kind of park there for a little bit. But um, I would like you to close in prayer. And just if there's a woman out there a young lady that gets to stumble on this, even maybe 10 years from now, we don't know, that she would 
feel encouraged by this message and that they would be that you can tell them where to reach you if there's a website um, or a number and then close in prayer. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so um, I have one of it's funny all these years. I I've never put a lot of advertisement together. As I said before, the Lord just brings the ladies, but I do have a woman who just came through my class who's very talented and she's working on a website right now. But um, on Instagram, you can follow me at Beauty for Ashes, all one word, of course, Beauty for Ashes underscore IS613. So Beauty for Ashes underscore IS613, and that stands for Isaiah 613, which is where we hear um, that beautiful uh, exchange that Jesus has come to give us beauty instead of our ashes. So um, in closing, I will pray. Father God, we just thank you for this time. God, we thank you that you are who you say you are. You are the creator of all heaven and earth. You know all things. You know the end before the beginning. In fact, you say in Isaiah that you even answer our prayers before we even speak them at times. And so, Lord, I pray that this is an answered prayer to that one woman, Lord, that is listening today, God. You know who she is, Lord. You know what her pain is, God. And Lord, you are the answer for her pain. And and maybe she has loved you for a long time like me and, and read your word, and but just didn't know how to apply the medicine to her pain. So we pray right now, Father, that you would show her, Lord, that you care, just like you cared about the woman with the issue of blood. She wasn't defiled and dirty to you. She mattered to you. You called her daughter. And for the woman who's listening, Lord, you call her daughter as well. You care. Uh, you, you care about her loneliness. You care about the pain in her life. And sometimes that pain causes impurities, Lord. And, and a response to pain means sometimes we sin. We become bitter. We, we hold and harbor unforgiveness against those who have hurt us. And those impurities need to be cleansed, as you know, Lord. So I pray for the woman who's listening, Lord, that you would help to reveal and show her, uncover what needs to go, what What's causing her pain may be her response to the pain. Allow her to let you into the, her heart. And she, would you reveal her heart condition to her, Lord? As David prayed in Psalm 139, you know, uh, Lord God, try my, try my anxiety. See if there's any wicked way within me. And lead me in the way of understanding and truth. And so I pray that for uh, your girls that are listening, Lord, would you just show her herself in a loving, gentle way that she can give you whatever it is, Lord, that is hindering um, you just fully flowing through her as that cleansed vessel. And not to put the uh, onus on her, Lord, because there's so much hurt out there that we had nothing to do with. So would you speak to her and allow her to hear that it's not your fault? It's not your fault that there is a dark, wicked world out there and sin has run rampant and your daughters have been hurt. So would you apply that healing balm that it's not her shame, that you bore that shame on the cross. You have dealt with that shame. You are the one who takes vengeance for injustice. You are the God of justice and you will bring justice to whatever has hurt her in her life. And you want to cleanse her of that hurt. And you want to take away any impurities. And you love her because you love her because you love her. So, Father, meet with her. 
Even now, we pray to a mighty work. As you have parted the Red Sea, nothing is too hard for you. So bless her, Lord. Love on her. Let her know that there's hope and that there's healing. And if you would like to send her into a Bible study like ours, there are many ministries like mine. Um, Help her connect to Beauty for Ashes that uh, we can connect her to where she needs to go. So thank you for this time, Lord. We know that you love us so much. We thank you that you care so deeply that you even know the number of hairs on our head and you know our thoughts before we think them. You are a God that we can trust for our healing. So we thank you, we praise you, and we love you. And it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please do us a favor and subscribe to our podcast. Share and leave a friendly review. And be sure to join us next week for another episode of Oh My Geekers!